a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Here's our host, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio. Of course, 2024 is marching rapidly towards us, whether we want to or not. It's shaping up to be a very interesting fight on the Republican side. Of course, the former president, Donald Trump, has already announced his candidacy and rumblings in the jungle uh, continue to mount for people like Ron DeSantis, uh, governor of Florida. And someone who's always in that mix is Nikki Haley, former U.N. ambassador, former governor of South Carolina. And uh, that is one we are hearing those rumblings are getting pretty loud and may even come to full fruition in the next couple of weeks. And someone who's really done an inside look there, uh, our friend from The Dispatch, David Drucker, uh, who, of course, senior writer for The Dispatch, author of In Trump's Shadow, The Battle for 2024 and the Future of the GOP. And uh, he is back on the line with us. David, welcome back to the show. Good to be here. Thanks a lot, Boyd. Well, you've uh, you know a lot about Nikki Haley. You uh, wrote about her extensively in uh, in your book and uh, a great read. And so, give us just kind of a little behind the scenes in terms of uh, what we know in terms of the preparation and why that preparation matters before you make an announcement that you're going to run for the president of the United States. Well, look, if you want to run a viable campaign that can at least create the opportunity of competitiveness. You have you have to have resources. You have to have somewhat of a network of support, and you have to have competent staff. Uh, staff is not who voters vote for or care about, but staff can help a candidate get their message out, um, raise resources, and and strategically just get to the places you need to get to build support. Uh, it's kind of like a great quarterback still needs a good offensive line to block for them, no matter how great they are. Uh, and, and and so I think with Nikki Haley, there's the component of voters and can she win the support of voters? Can she put together a winning coalition? I know there's a lot of skepticism about that, and I think there's good reason for that skepticism. But if you look at uh, the preparation she's put in, you know, she probably has one of the most developed political organizations of anybody that is running or will run for president mm. um, in 2024, at least starting from the, the perspective of not being an, an incumbent and beginning in a primary trying to win the nomination. Uh, she's got both a political nonprofit, a 501c4, uh, um, that has been very active in, in policy development and putting together an um, email list of supporters and donors. She also has a political action committee, which has been politically active on behalf of candidates and also has been able to do some of the things to prepare her for political activity in a presidential race. So you take two of these organizations put together. There's already senior staff running these organizations. They'll be plugged right into a presidential campaign. So at least at the outset, she has a staff she knows, 
a staff she trusts, one that knows her, trusts her, and that'll at least be able to get her off the ground. Yeah. And secondly, Boyd, I point out that she's put a lot of thought into this going back to the 2016 uh, campaign. She wasn't running. She was governor of South Carolina then, but she was looking ahead like many people did at the time to the likelihood that Donald Trump would lose to Hillary Clinton and had started to make plans to position herself as a future leader of the party. And so a lot of the messaging that I think we've been hearing from her in recent weeks and that we will hear from her about the need for a new generation of leaders and the problems Republicans have had winning elections is something you're going to hear from her going forward. But it is messaging that she developed heading into the 2016 election when she assumed the next day there would be a void of leadership in the party, and she wanted to be one of the people to fill that void. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's one of those, when these things launch, the the day that announcement begins is not the day that journey began. (laughs) There's a lot of stuff going on. And as you mentioned, the senior staff is in place. The messaging also seems to be there. Uh, And she's been fine-tuning, I think, uh, that for a number of years now in terms of that next generation and and what happens. Uh, Of course, the interesting dynamic will be, obviously, that the the former president uh, is already in the race. Uh, As you look at how she approaches that, obviously, uh, the former president uh, tends to swing at those uh, that are in front of him. And how do you think that's going to play? What do you suspect uh, will be there? How how does she go about preemptively hitting that uh, or avoiding it? Uh, What does that look like? Really great question. One of the reasons we haven't seen many candidates get in yet is I think they're still trying to assess how strong Donald Trump is, and they're in no hurry to give him a target to shoot at. They remember in 2016 how effective he was at doing that. Um, Nikki Haley has consciously made a different calculation, and the calculation is twofold. One, that if she's going to be successful, she needs to start sooner rather than later in order to raise her name identification, raise money, and 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 win voter support. Um, it's something that's going to take her longer than it might take others, and that includes uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, whose poll numbers are, are already high, whose name ID is already high, who already, you know, at least appears to have the makings of a, a winning coalition if he were to get into the race. And, of course, we could say the same things about Donald Trump. Uh, the other calculation, uh, part of this calculation, is that um, Nikki Haley likes the contrast uh, with Trump. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, at least initially, unless somebody else preempts her, right, it'll, it'll be Trump and Haley as the only declared candidates. Um, and that means the only people really engaged in the presidential race, since the other potential candidates are so quiet right now. Uh, you know, they, they, they pop up their head from time to time, Mike Pompeo, Mike Pence, yeah. uh, Ron DeSantis, but they're not that active yet. So with this contrast, uh, elderly white man, 50, 51-year-old uh, non-white woman, 
somebody fresher, somebody who's been around the block at this point a few times on his third presidential campaign. She likes the contrast. And so if Trump wants to go after her, in a sense, the way she's looking at it is all the better yeah. because it will allow her to showcase her strengths and what's better about her. Yeah. Now, listen, it's different about her. It may not work, but they like the idea of how it could work, and they figure, and I think rightly so, you're never going to beat Trump by avoiding him. Right. So you might as well take him on and, and see if it works for you. Yeah, fantastic. Just in the, in a couple of minutes here, uh, David, give me just a, a, a really quick hit. Uh, one, uh, just give me one single greatest strength for her going in. Uh, but then I want to get to what really happens in campaigns. And most campaigns fail, not because they don't have the right strength, but because the weakness dominates <laughs> dominates the process. Uh, so give me a weakness uh, for Nikki Haley as well. Well, listen, a weakness for Nikki Haley is that uh, the Republican base looks at her uh, very suspiciously. And she right now has an issue with authenticity in that, you know, she worked very closely with Donald Trump and got along with him well, even without debasing herself when she worked in his administration. Then she leaves his administration, criticizes his handling of the 2020 presidential election after that election, and then tries to say, no, I really wasn't being critical, then tries to make up with him, then says she wouldn't run if he runs, then he runs, and now she's running anyway. So she has issues of authenticity to deal with. And she's going to have to if she's going to be successful. Yeah, really important. Anything else you're watching? Uh, any other rumblings out there in the jungle in terms of uh, if she plays this card, which all systems say will be within the next 10 days to two weeks max. Uh, once that card is played, what do you anticipate comes next? Who's next? What's next? It's a really good question, and I don't know. Uh, my sources tell me they do expect Ron DeSantis to run but that he doesn't have to get in right away, right. won't do so before the end of Florida's legislative session and sometime in May, and that you may not see him get into the race until July. The Republican debates begin in August. Um, and my sources still expect – my sources say that Mike Pence and Mike Pompeo both intend to run, want to run, um, and that they're simply you know, plotting their course and trying to – figure some things out. And so I'm continuing to keep an eye on them and others. There are lots of Republicans that would like to run, uh, but I think that they're all trying to do two things. Assess how strong or not strong Donald Trump is Mm -hmm. and try and avoid a situation where there are 12 candidates in and he wins by default because he has a lock on anywhere from 25 to 35 percent of committed Republican voters, depending on which state you're talking about. And they know what happened in 2016. Yeah. He, until the end, rarely had a majority, but there were so many others in the race, he was able to win anyway. Yeah. Uh, great stuff, as always. David Rucker, senior writer for The Dispatch, author of In Trump's Shadow, The Battle for 2024 and the Future of the GOP. Great insight there, as always. Uh, David, thanks for joining us. Anytime. Thank you. All right. Uh, coming up next, bipartisanship is alive and well, despite what we hear. Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? Jonathan Bidlock is going to join us next to break it down. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. 
More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com. Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.